Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. And boom, Johnny Ramos is back for a Friday. Hey, Jonas, second day of school today yeah. for the Ramos children. Johnny Ramos, how does it feel to be back in that hot seat knowing that your kids are being educated by some of America's best? It's exciting. I'm excited right now to be back. I'm excited for school, and uh, God bless America. Let's get right to it. John, school usually starts at 8. This show starts at noon Pacific time. <laughs> Why weren't you here yesterday? I think it's time that parents stand up and take a whole day to just you know take it all in. Take it all in. Um, uh, what about take it all off, John? Because uh, the second those kids uh, got out of the car, tell what were what really went down, right? Because did you have a cigarette by nine a.m. If you know what I mean, John. Uh, it's a family friendly show. Okay, here it is. This Good. is this is John's day, no doubt. Got up, got the kids ready to school, and and as he told me, 
His daughter, who's entering the eighth grade, wanted no part of the parents when she got to school. It was off to the friends. But Lucas, you got to do a little bit more because he's a first grader, right? That's that's what you had to do yesterday. Yeah, you got to find the room. You got to ask people where where is the first grade class, and you got to have to mingle and mix with some of the parents to kind of. You know, so you saw him last year in kindergarten. You kind of go, hey, how's it going, Joe? Hey, Bob, how you doing? Good to see you again. You got to kind of get that stuff going early on. That means that John then, instead of just dropping Lucas off at 8 o'clock, was there until about 8.12. Yes. <laughs> Good, John. So that was Still, three hours and 48 minutes before this show started. It leaves plenty of time. Uh, plenty of time to go. I'm just curious what happened to the rest of the day. That's all. Yeah. That's what I'd like well, to know. we do know that at 1.23 Eastern, 10.23 Pacific, there was a tweet sent by the John Ramos Show Twitter account to say that John was not going to be in yesterday. Yeah. So I don't know what we can account for those two hours prior or what happened afterwards, but then John wasn't wasn't here for yesterday's show at noon. What did you have to pick them both up from school? We picked them up. We 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 made sure that Suzanne and I took the time to go back to school, mingle again with the parents. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and pick up the kids. Uh, the kids like to see you there. So Lucas's face was brightened. When he saw me there to pick him up as well. I'm not here to judge. And and because we're not on the air right now, I don't think this is going to be an issue whatsoever. <laughs> but I do find it a little bit reckless that John went to go pick the kids up from school after day drinking with Suzanne. All yeah, I, just, not, no. I mean, you're at a con- it's have to be an I mean, who, who do you think you are, John? Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian? You hang out at a, can- at a cantina all day and you go pick up the kids? This is ridiculous. Why are my parents in the backseat of an Uber picking yeah. us up from school? <laughs> Dad, is that a bar bag? <laughs> this is. Yeah, that was was John in front of the whole class. Yeah, Kids, meet Kevin. This is our Uber driver because me and your mom are so wasted after celebrating that you are now in school. Anyway, welcome back, John. It is great to have you, and there will be a John Ramos show to wrap up the week. It was great last night to see some more football preseason action. It's going to start to get old in a little bit, maybe week three of the preseason when we want the games. I'm not sure. Week four is always a tough watch in the NFL preseason two weeks away from that happening but last night there were many storylines Super Bowl rematch with Tom Brady and the Patriots going up against the Eagles Nick Foles had to leave with a shoulder injury no Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers last night but Aaron Rodgers played for the Green Bay Packers and then Jonas there was the debut well not really the debut the start of San Darnold for the New York Jets as they faced the Washington Redskins in the first game for the Monday Night Football crew that Maybe needs a little bit of work. Sam Darnold looks like he's ready to go for the regular season. Yeah, like he's – did he look as good as he did the first game? I don't think so. He had an interception to to, to finish his night. But he looks at least like a guy who's progressing enough to where you would trust him, so you would think, in the season opener. I just still find it – and I I don't want to say it's it's a – it's a questionable move. I don't want to say that it's a dangerous move, and that there is obviously risk with everything, but to open up the season, you're a rookie, and you're opening up on the road in Detroit against Matt Patricia, who knows that Jets team being the former defensive coordinator of the Patriots better than anybody else. I just find it to be a tall task, but if you feel like he's ready and he's not going to be rattled by the moment, if he does play poorly and you're going to stick with him, Go do what you got to do. Maybe it is because it's Matt Patricia, because that Patriots defense did need some help at times last year. God, that, it, do you have to be so offensive, Dan? <laughs> Jeez. Maybe, maybe that is the reason. The Sam Darnold experiment last night, honestly, in watching it, 
I thought the most impressive plays by Sam Darnold was a third and three conversion where he ended up going to like the third or fourth read, not to get all technical, but the second the second best play may have been just him avoiding a sack and throwing the ball away on the Jets' first possession last night. And that's what I thought stood out from Sam Darnold. You mentioned an interception that ended up happening uh, later on in the game. There are there were throws last night for Sam Darnold that weren't high-risk throws. They were very safe throws. They were maybe within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. A majority of the throws last night were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. But this is what we've got now in the National Football League, Jonas. It is a new day for rookie quarterbacks. And essentially, it is this. If you don't mess up, you likely have the job. And that's where I think we are with the New York Jets is there's no point if Sam Darnold is at least somewhat ready you might as well put him in, which is such a reversal of what we had prior to the CBA signed in 2011 when you would get quarterbacks who would get multi-year deals worth millions upon millions of dollars, and they never earned it. And we would always say, man, these guys have got to come in and earn their contracts, and and if you're a quarterback, it's ridiculous to give them that much money. But back then, we also said this, Jonas, we don't want to ruin the investment. So let's take as much time as we need in bringing this quarterback along and put him in. And now with the exact opposite happening with contracts, it seems like it's the exact opposite happening with how we handle quarterbacks because while Sam Darnold didn't blow the roof off of anyone last night, he at least was serviceable enough and did enough good things where you're like, okay, he's got a really good shot to start week one. If it's not New York, is he still going to be starting week one? Because I, I feel, and I know the me, people can say the media doesn't have that much of an impact on it on a, a coach and whatnot, but I do feel like a lot of this is the New York media buzz that's pushing this Sam Darnold should start week one. Yeah, I, I do think so, because I do think that if, if Hugh Jackson's job wasn't on the line in Cleveland, this is Baker Mayfield's yeah. job, no matter what, that they wouldn't feel the need to have brought in Tyrod Taylor to, to come in and... and-, and- Take the job. And Todd Bowles, look, we can, and I know he got an extension and good for him because they basically got rid of all the veterans. They started over. They got rid of, uh, you know, what they perceived to be the cancers in the locker room and they started fresh. And so I always felt like Todd Bowles had the toughest job last year of anybody because he was entering year three. He uh, was already had a losing record as a head coach and no playoff appearances. And you've not really given him anything really to work with, so he overachieved. And what did they finish? Five and eleven, six and ten, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're Todd Bowles, I know they gave him an extension, but if all of a sudden this team comes back around and they're still five and eleven or six and ten because they started a rookie quarterback, is his job safe? I w- I wouldn't feel that convinced that his job would be safe if they feel like maybe he didn't get the most out of Sam Darnold and they want to go the 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 Rams or the Bears route where you hire an offensive minded head coach to take over the gig. I I, I look at I look at that five and eleven and that and what they had last year. I mean, they remember they were tanking last year. Yeah, they like threw everything out and still Nick, were able Nick to mangled everybody. Yeah, gone. everybody was gone, so that at least gave him the leeway. I don't think that he has the leeway that Hugh Jackson had uh, in Cleveland or the situation that he, that he has in Cleveland. Hugh Jackson, I think, is. I mean, you got to win eight games. I, I believe that. That's the reason he's there. But I think they're giving Bowles more time. I think that the way that they responded, understanding what they did with the roster. And now I, I know that there's some questions on defense and maybe stopping the run and, and what happened last night against Washington. Big run by Samaj P. Ryan, things that they've got to shore up. But, I mean, offensively, they brought in Isaiah Crowell in the offseason to, to run the ball as well. You've got enough weapons for the quarterback. I think that they're giving him enough time. And then Todd Bowles can maybe turn that defense around where you have some really good players 
like Leonard Williams anchoring that defensive line. I think if you look at the other teams, Jonas, and I brought up Cleveland as well, I, I think that Arizona would be smart just to go with Josh Rosen. If if you can protect him. Now, if you can't protect him, you might as well put Sam Bradford out there, and then he'll get hurt in week three, and yeah. then you're going to play Josh Rosen anyway. But I just think in today's day and age, Josh Allen seems to have a lot more growth to do, and you might as well get a look at A.J. McCarron because you brought him in via free agency. But in the quarterback starting jobs that you've got in the National Football League, and I don't think that Lamar Jackson is a legit threat to be the Ravens starting quarterback week one, so I'm not putting him into the conversation. But these other the other quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round are, and I think that you've got to you've now got to make hay while you can with them at that low salary because that's what the NFL is now cashing in when you don't have to pay your quarterback. 18 to $20 million at least. Yeah, and that's why the Rams did what they did this offseason to where everybody said, well, God, you're bringing in all these players with character concerns and all these guys on one-year deals. What are you? I mean, you're really going for it. Well, yeah, man, because Jared Goff's rookie deal comes up in a couple of years. If you can do all of this pursuing a free agents while you've still got him under the rookie contract, you got to make a run for it, similar to what Philadelphia did because Carson Wentz was under his rookie contract. Like There is, to your point, a window that, what, that didn't used to be there before, whether it was Jamarcus yeah. Russell or Matt Stafford or Sam Bradford. If you whiffed on your quarterback early on, it sets your franchise back a decade possibly, and now it gives you the ability to to sort of position pieces around them to have success. I just wonder, because Pro Football Focus rated all the offensive lines going into the season. Right, There's 32 teams in the NFL. The Jets were ranked 31st. Mm. I wonder if your and, – and, and this is why I find Jets' ownership um, in a little bit of a, a, a quandary. I know we've got Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News. He covers the Jets later on, and I want to ask him about this. But if you're the ownership – and you really want to get this guy out there because you want to show off your brand new toy. But unfortunately, because of the offensive line and maybe some pieces around him, maybe it's not the best thing suited for him. I, I'd be fascinated to find out how ownership feels and how Todd Bowles feels and if they're on the same page. Because maybe Todd Bowles is old school and says, hey, get out there, throw him into the fire. We think he's tough enough to figure this out. I just think there's a lot going against his success there. I, I do buy what you're saying, but I think there's a lot going against Sam Sam Darnold. Look, looking at what happened last night and what they've done with Jeremy Bates in in helping Sam Bradford along, everything was from the shotgun to my to my recognition yeah. last night. And I mentioned the short passes; everything was within five to ten yards of the line of scrimmage. That could be a part of it as well of trying to get the ball out quickly. But you you saw some progress with Sam Darnold and not turning the ball over, which was one of the bigger questions that they had. So I think that there's. You know, he didn't he didn't fail. And that and that's the message. Like it is as long as you're not bad or you don't stink up the joint as a rookie quarterback, you have a legit shot to start in week one. And I think that's what we've got with the Jets last night. And there were a lot of review I mean, first of all, the Redskins defense probably pretty bland and going after. I know they sent some pressure against Sam Darnold early, but when you saw Teddy Bridgewater have success in the second half against the Redskins second and third team in, in the second preseason game and now you're like wow Teddy Bridgewater is there's there's you kind of got to take everything with the with a grain of salt that we're still looking at Sam Donald who didn't have as great of a night as Teddy Bridgewater did but we're still saying he's good enough to win the starting job I think that tells you what the NFL rookie quarterbacks are dealing with today and for them it's a good thing because they're on the field sooner be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at noon eastern 3 p.m pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app 
one of the NFC teams that we mentioned that's going to be going up against one of the best in the AFC and what we think could maybe be a preview of Super Bowl 53 takes place tomorrow with the Vikings and Jaguars in Minneapolis. Joining us now, three-time Pro Bowl linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings, Anthony Barr. Hey, Anthony, thanks so much for coming on today. Hey there, thanks for having me. I know, uh, I, I know that you are you are deep in in Call of Duty, and I, I want to get to that in just a little bit. But but what got you more excited the the upcoming release of Call of Duty or the unveiling of the your new facility that you have for the Minnesota Vikings, which seems to be an absolute gem of an NFL facility? Right. Uh, that's a tough that's a tough call. You know, I, I'm definitely pumped for this for this uh, release of Black Ops Four. I'm really excited about that. But you know, going to work every day. The new place isn't too bad either, so uh, both of uh, both are pretty exciting. How long into the off season before you forgot about how last year ended and just started focusing on not only Black Ops but the next uh, season coming up? I mean, I think you, you, you never really forget about it. You know, I want to remember that moment, remember what it felt like, and um, you know what it took to get there, and how you could how you could be better at it. So I don't think we we want to completely forget about you know last year. Um, the, well, that game in particular, um, um, so we could draw some experience from that game. But uh, definitely focus on this year. Excited for what we got uh, coming forward. Uh, excited for the new game. Anthony Barr coming to us thanks in part to Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which will be released on October 12th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Did last year's Minneapolis miracle just take a lot out of you guys entering that NFC Championship game? Uh, I don't know, you know, for whatever reason we just didn't play well you know, on, on the biggest stage. Um, so that was disappointing. You know, you could blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, but at the end of the day, we just didn't play well. Uh, it was it was definitely a big moment, you know, the Minneapolis miracle, emotions were high and all that. Um, so maybe that played into it. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, it was just disappointing to come out and play how we did. Um, but we are excited for, for getting back to a week one against uh, the Niners. How has Kirk Cousins been as a teammate thus far in practice and uh, during the games? He's been great, you know. I think he's really taking control of the offense. You know, I think he's more comfortable now than he was in spring. Um, I think spring is still trying to figure stuff out, but now he seems to uh, have, have things figured out in terms of getting the ball out, uh, where he wants to go with his read, and um, so things like that. He's making, making a lot of good throws in practice. So excited for excited for him, excited for the offense, and uh, I think they're going to bring a you know just a, another factor to this team. Anthony Barr, the Minnesota Vikings, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer in for Doug today. What was it like to see Teddy Bridgewater in a different uniform last night? Well, it was cool. You know, I obviously would you know, love Teddy and I just want him to be successful. But to see him go out there and perform like he did, uh, move around how he did, you know, he looked great uh, mobility-wise. Uh, just very excited for him, very happy for him. You know, um, he's one of my... My good friends, you know, we came in the, in the same draft together, so a lot of respect for him and all he's gone through, and I'm just hoping uh, nothing but the best going forward. How surprised were you that he's made the comeback this far? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he's just a guy I've never counted out, and just the way he carries himself, and um, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever really counted him out, and I'm just happy that he's to this point, because it was a, definitely a long road, a dark road, I'm sure, at a point for him, and um, just a lot of unknowns, but he stuck with it, and that just uh, speaks to the type of man he is, uh, very resilient, persistent, and uh, uh, believes in himself, so a lot of credit to him. 
Uh, Anthony Barr with us here on Fox Sports Radio, three-time Pro Bowler for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here on FSR. So you're in a division where you've got Packer, dealing with the Packers, going to Green Bay once a year, you deal with Chicago, you deal with Detroit, you dealt with Philadelphia last year in the postseason. Who, give me a couple of fan bases that are, the, that are above and beyond the most obnoxious fan bases you have to deal with as an opposing player when you go visit. Um, I mean, as a player, really, some you might hear it at first, but as, as it gets going, you really kind of I'm able to block it out. At least I am, you know. I, I can't speak for everybody, um, but there, are, you know, everywhere you go, you're gonna have a couple of fans that uh, feel, you know, say some certain things or feel a type of way. Uh, that's just that's just how it is. Um, you know, I, I can't say one's worse than the other because I haven't really had too many negative experiences. Um, I know things are said, but I don't really focus on that too much. Not even at U. Not even with USC fans. See, that's a whole different story. I thought we were talking about the NFL. <laughs> I, know, I know. I just broadened it. USC, I... you know, that's a whole. <laughs> that's a whole different. That's a whole different thing. You know. Uh, well, you did do something with your alma mater of UCLA recently, as you brought a special preview to your Bruins, and uh, now led by Chip Kelly, yeah. the special preview of Call of Duty Black Ops Four. What was that like that you were able to uh, to show the the new Bruins about this new game? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. You know, I'm a big Call of Duty fan myself, and you know, being able to uh, team up with Coach Kelly to, to give that preview to the team was, was a pretty cool experience. You know, I know um, they'll, they'll be excited to get a chance to play it before. Um, really, the, the public does, so that's pretty cool. Um, and you know, I, just, I love UCLA. You know, they did so much for me as a player and as a person. So uh, to do something for the, for the football team is pretty cool. Do you still have uh, the is the when I talk about USC and UCLA, we're out here in Southern California. I've I've never understood, and I know I know the, and we do the show here from Sherman Oaks. But I've always said if I was somebody yeah. recruiting for UCLA, I would take a player to USC and show them that place, and then I take them to Westwood. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised that right, that right. that UCLA hasn't been able to have sustained success with with all the advantages you have? Beautiful place. Playing at the Rose Bowl, right. are you surprised that it hasn't been able to catch on more often than it has? Um, you know, sometimes I think you know, you know what what that reason is, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, I think USC. I really think for them, you know, growing up for me at least um, was Reggie Bush. You know, he he made such a big impact on the program and college football in general that kids, all kids, wanted to be was Reggie Bush when I was when I was a kid. So I feel like that's still a thing that. They have a uh, big advantage in just having him um, having that uh, wearing that chosen jersey and being as successful as he was. Um, I think that's that makes a lot of recruits still want to go to USC. UCLA, a gorgeous, gorgeous place. I know if if you ever get a chance, you got to stop down and, and and check out the campus. If you you are coming to us, thanks to Call of Duty and, and Black Ops Four, that's coming out again in less than two months. If you could play against anyone in the world in this video game, Anthony, who who would it be? Man, the whole world. My gosh. Is it Rogers? Um, is it Reggie Bush? Yeah. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Come on. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Uh no, no surprisingly it's not. Uh, <laughs> not Aaron Rodgers. Um I don't know. I like uh I like how some like rivals in the locker room, you know, with, with some games. So um either Eric Kendricks or, you know, Harrison Smith, I think I would like to play with those guys. Um, I think you know I'd have the upper hand. I'm the better better player, obviously. So I would feel comfortable uh, in that situation. 
He's a three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, Anthony Barr. Okay, what what are the worst questions about? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it the contract? Is it the injury? What what's the worst question to to have to answer? <laughs> uh, I mean, any of them really. You know, you, you, it's just uh, those three in particular stand out. Everybody you know wants to know this and that, the other about them. Um, I'll say what I have to say about them. Uh, not going to change. So. Um, hopefully we can put him to bed. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, I'm hoping for the best. He's a three-time Pro Bowl linebacker. Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings. Tomorrow the Vikings host the Jacksonville Jaguars. And October 12th, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is delivered to you via PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or PC. Anthony, we appreciate it. Good luck this season, and uh, yeah, have fun with Call of Duty. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Earlier this week, we mentioned how something is just, something doesn't feel right with the Philadelphia Eagles. And now in a situation where you thought you had the best quarterback situation in the National Football League, you didn't trade Nick Foles in the offseason because you weren't sure about the health of Carson Wentz heading into the regular season, which is still a question mark. Nick Foles goes goes out last night with a sprained shoulder. Another bump in the road for the Super Bowl defending champion Eagles to go along with the Alshon Jeffrey injury. This is not going to be an easy road for the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, and look, it's it wouldn't be an easy road for anybody. But the idea that because they're so loaded and there's and they're built to last and they're a young team and they're We've heard that so many times in the NFL before. I mean, when the Seahawks won that first Super Bowl, uh, we heard, man, yeah, but don't, you know, this team, this is a team that could run, uh, do this a couple of more times with how young they are and how they're built to. And then they got back to the Super Bowl once, and now they're just trying to to fight to try and contend for third place in their own division. So, like, we've heard this before. You heard, uh, oh, man, uh, the 85 Bears, youngest team in the NFL. They're going to be set up for years and years of success. They didn't get back to a Super Bowl for two decades. So, like, we, we, we hear this all the time. So, yeah, as we were pointing out, it's not so much of a – a roster issue that we were concerned about. My whole thing was just men- mentality-wise in certain cities when you're the first to do it or you're the first in a long time to do it, it you just kind of end up taking your foot off the gas a little bit just because you're told every day you walk around what an impact you had on some family's legacy, how they cried when they saw it and they thought about loved ones who had passed away. You've seen it with the Red Sox. You saw it with the Cubs. It was like that with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you get to preseason game number two, and all of a sudden, now you've got a question mark about the health of your most probable starting quarterback to open up the season. And look, we know this about the NFL. The numbers don't lie. If you start off 0-2 in the past 10 years, less than 11% of teams go on to make the playoffs. That division got tougher. The conference is tougher. I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be a season of potential landmines for the Philadelphia Eagles. Last night when Nick Foles went out, heck, and I told you this in our preseason preview where we had the prop bets in your fantasy plays, Nate Sudfeld was going to be the guy to play if you had to play a quarterback in your preseason fantasy football league over 300 yards and three touchdowns last night, basically because he had to play the whole game because they didn't have another quarterback. They did have another quarterback, but not enough to give the reps to. So now if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're looking at this situation as saying, okay, we have uh, a non-healthy Carson Wentz, we have a non-healthy Nick Foles, And Jonas, I'm not worried about weeks one and two as much as you are. What I do think is interesting 
is you had an opportunity to trade Nick Foles after the Super Bowl, that there was value there that you could have swung a deal and ended up maybe getting draft picks. Now you look at it, when was the value of Nick Foles going to be higher? Never. Never again. And you see what the Jets are dealing with, and last night now you're saying, wow, the Jets may have the best quarterback situation in the entire NFL where they could maybe trade a quarterback somewhere else. If now you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're thinking, okay, now Foles is injured. We could have traded him for a first or a second-round pick, even though Carson Wentz may return week two or week three. It's just not been a good offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. And with the celebrations that you talked about and how much it meant to Philadelphia, it's only natural that the desire to do that again would kind of wear out because of how much it meant doing it the first time. I just think, yeah, it's 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 not been a good preseason so far for the Philadelphia Eagles. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Covering the Jets for the New York Daily News, frequent, frequent guest and friend of the Doug Gottlieb Show, Manish Mehta joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Manish, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We are doing well. So did Sam Darnold last night cement his position as the Jets' starting quarterback for week one of the regular season? <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a little early for that. <laughs> uh, but the, the organization is pleased with his progress, and clearly he's got a tremendous skill set that he showed uh, in bits and pieces uh, last night, more so in the first preseason game. But uh, it's going to be an interesting decision. Uh, my understanding is that they, you know, feel confident and comfortable with him. They know he's a rookie, and they know he'll experience growing pains. Uh, there is a, you know, an added dimension here uh, that uh, not many teams uh, could say that they have, which is another potential starting quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. So we'll find out if Teddy Bridgewater is actually on the Week One roster. I think that uh, you know, depending on the league landscape and various uh, variables, uh, there's a chance that he could be traded. I know that if the price is right, the Jets are certainly open to trading him, but uh, a lot of dynamics at play. First and foremost, they do want to fully evaluate Darnold, and uh, you know they put him in some tough spots. Uh, he hasn't really been helped out too much with the offensive line, but uh, you know, privately they've been exceedingly pleased with kind of how he has reacted to some of these adverse conditions. Uh, Manish Mehta with us here on Fox Sports Radio, New York Daily News, uh, covers the Jets, does a fantastic job, and doing it for quite some time. Um, with that being said, if Sam Darnold is the guy and they're going to go with him to start week one, how from somebody who covers the team daily, you know them better than anybody else, how good is the supporting cast around him? Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. They clearly need upgrades uh, along the offensive line, and that clearly will not happen, of course, this season. They'll have to address that in the offseason, in free agency, and, and the draft. They've got a, you know, a boatload of money, so that'll be a priority for them. What's interesting is that uh, Darnold's mobility and his athleticism, frankly, will help mitigate some of those issues along the offensive line. It's just, uh, you know, I believe, and I think other people inside the building believe that you're kind of playing with fire here if he, you don't get uh, consistent, adequate pre- uh, protection for him. And you know, their offensive line didn't have their left tackle and right guard yesterday, and uh, they looked pretty shaky. They looked shaky the week one as well. Uh, he'll need an offensive difference maker uh, as uh, you know, in terms of skill positions moving forward. Right now, they got Robbie Anderson, who I think is a good player, but not really a dynamic presence. And then they got a bunch of solid guys, a bunch of unknowns, but really nobody that jumps off the page. So I think when you're looking at this from a big picture perspective, if he gets better protection and gets 
you know, uh, another quality asset in terms of an offensive weapon. This is a player who the organization believes can really take off and be a special talent, uh, you know, for the next decade or so. Anish Meadow, the New York Daily News, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer. In for Doug Gottlieb as we're talking about the New York Jets. Would you be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater was moved in a trade in the next week or two? I know you talked about his availability, but... We, we just talked, to you didn't hear it, but we spent the last 15 minutes of saying maybe his value is never as high as it's been since he was healthy with the Vikings. Do you see something soon? Uh, I don't think anything's going to happen prior to the third preseason game. Uh, frankly, I think if there's a move that's going to be made, it's going to be predicated on whether an injury happens uh, to a starting caliber quarterback on another team or if there's a playoff caliber team that wants to upgrade at their number two quarterback uh, it is interesting because I did speak to some executives, including general managers on other teams, uh, this past week about what they think the trade market would be for Bridgewater. And uh, I didn't get anybody to tell me right now that there is a trade market. And that's understandable because at that point he had only played two series in the first preseason game. And he certainly looked good yesterday. So you add that you know, to his portfolio. Uh, people do want to see him get hit more often. Now, he did get hit a bunch yesterday. They do want to see more of that before really saying that they're interested in him. I don't know what kind of market there will be for him because, again, if you look at what happened a couple years ago in Minnesota when, ironically, he got hurt and then the Vikings ponied up a first-rounder and a conditional fourth-rounder to Philadelphia to get Sam Bradford, you know, that was born out of desperation. And you don't want anybody to get hurt, but obviously if somebody does go down over the next two weeks, then uh, Teddy Bridgewater's trade value would go exceedingly up. Uh, there are people in the organization however, that don't want to trade him. Uh, I don't agree with that. I, I don't think it's necessary to have three quarterbacks on your roster. I think if you went with McCown and Darnold, you'd be fine, especially considering that Bridgewater is going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season. So uh, it will be an interesting two or three weeks. I do know that the Jets, however, are open to trading him. It's not a unanimous decision, but at the right price, uh, as long as they feel fully confident and comfortable in Sam Darnold, which they will, uh, I think they'll be open to to moving Bridgewater uh, if somebody comes calling. He is Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, covers the New York Jets with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, him for Doug Gottlieb. How secure is Todd Bowles' job? Uh, unless the wheels come off, he'll be back in 2019. Uh, the ownership gave McCagnan and their general manager, I'm sorry, McCagnan and Bowles, their GM and their head coach, contract extensions through 2020 back in December. So unless something unforeseen happens and really the bottom falls out, uh, I wouldn't anticipate any kind of change in the GM or the head coach after this season. Because And because if he starts, say, a rookie quarterback and Sam Darnold goes through you know, a tough rookie year, which is normal and, and there's the growing pains to go along with it, and say the Jets finish at 4-12, and in that, you know, in, in the New York market with that ownership, are they going to be okay with that and still move forward with him as their guy? They're committed uh, to building this the right way. Uh, it is interesting because their owner, Woody Johnson, works for the Trump administration as the ambassador out in the U.K. So uh, Woody's brother, Christopher Johnson, has taken control of day-to-day -day operations, and he's really provided a steady hand. I think he understands the big picture here. Uh, he's not uh, asking for any kind of playoff mandate uh, or any kind of miracles uh, the key for, for Todd Bowles would be that these younger players, this core foundation that they have at their, and that they're hoping to expand, continues to get better. If they are competitive in games, and Darnold is obviously, as you said, in, inevitably going to experience growing pains, if he is trending in the right direction, 
and the younger players uh, you know, on defense like Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Leonard Williams, those guys are heading in the right direction as well, and they're not losing games because of coaching decisions, then I don't think that Todd Bowles has anything to worry about. I know you tweeted about it last night, Manish Mehta, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, that, or maybe it was even today, where you're hearing a lot of Giants fans critiquing what Sam Darnold did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know about the, the, the Giants-Jets rivalry in New York, but how much do you think that the Giants will regret not taking? Because you even tweeted, spoiler alert, you're going to regret on passing Sam Darnold. How big a mistake do you think it was for the Giants to not take the USC signal caller? Well, we'll find out, obviously, over the course of the next five or ten years, right? But, you know, my indication from everything, you know, that I've seen and heard about this kid and just knowing what the Giants' situation is with a, an older quarterback in Eli Manning mm-hmm. who's clearly in the twilight of his career, I think they're going to regret it significantly. And that has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley. It's not an indictment on Barkley as a player, because I think he is going to be a terrific player. But let's just think about this logically. In about eight or nine years, uh, if you're lucky, Saquon Barkley's career will probably be coming to an end. It's probably closer to like six or seven years. And when Barkley's 28, 29 years old, that'll pretty much be the end for him. And Sam Darnold, who just turned 21 a couple months ago, will at that point just be entering his prime. Quarterbacks enter their prime at age 28, 29, and we've seen the top-end quarterbacks really excel at age 33, 34, maybe even 35. So if you look at it from that perspective, when Barkley's best days are behind him, Darnold's window to really peak is only going to be opening. So I think it was a, a severe mistake. I said it the day of the draft for you know the Giants to pass up on uh, who I think is going to be a franchise quarterback for probably a quality player, but a player out of position at, that has a short shelf life. Uh, last one for me from Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News covers the Jets. Uh, their beat writer been there for a long time. Um, for people that aren't in New York, that don't know what it's like, the how how much do the Jets and the Giants either compete for headlines. How is that rivalry like? Because now, to your point, you've got two players taken side-by-side in the NFL draft. They're going to be compared against each other in that city for the next decade-plus, possibly. But how real is that rivalry and the competition for headlines there? Well, I don't think each team really cares necessarily about the headlines unless it's because they're winning games. And and look, to be honest, there's there's a... A lot of envy among Jets fans, and why not? The Giants have been the better franchise. They've won more Super Bowls. They've been more successful uh, overall. Uh, they're one of the, you know, the original uh, teams in the NFL. They're, they're, they've got respected ownership, and and I understand that jealousy from from Jets fans. Uh, I can't speak specifically how Giants fans feel. And you know, there was a little window there in 2009 and 2010 during Rex Ryan's first couple years when the Jets kind of ruled the area because of their success. But, uh, you know, competing for headlines, I, I don't know about all that because it's a different regime, uh, you know, every five, six years, whatever it may be. Uh, what I do know is that uh, if you're being fair and being objective about it, if you look at a five-year snapshot of what lies ahead for the Giants and the Jets, you'd have to believe that if Sam Darnold is who the Jets believe that he will be, that the Jets are in a much better position than the Giants. I'll wrap up with this. Are they going to be better on defense, meaning the Jets, and are they going to be able to stop the run? I think they'll be able to stop the run, Dan. I think the big issue is will they be able to get consistent pressure off the edge? They don't have any kind of a dynamic player at the outside linebacker spot, and as, for, as good as I think the back end will be, they've got the two young safeties in May and Adams. They severely upgraded at cornerback by 
signing Tremaine Johnson to go along with Maurice Claiborne. As good as I think those four players are, uh, it's going to be difficult. If you can't get home, if you can't get consistent heat on the quarterback and give him four or five seconds, it doesn't really matter how talented you are in that secondary. You're ultimately going to get picked apart, and I think that is the Achilles heel for this defense in 2018. Find him on Twitter at mmeta, N-Y-D-N. We know Doug's not here, but we appreciate the time, Anish, and we'll uh, talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Anish Mehta, New York Daily News, covering the New York Jets. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.